Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard. Kind of a tough weekend for the Bulldogs. Let's just kind of call it for what it is. It was not a good weekend for Mississippi State basketball on the men's or women's side. Capped a very difficult week. Shouldn't have been, but it was. And uh, we'll talk about both of those games. We'll talk about some more coaching stuff, some recruiting stuff. A lot going on, to say the least. And uh, want to also kind of break down a couple of other things on the show today. Uh, We'll look ahead uh, briefly at the bowl picture. We're not involved in all that, so we're not going to spend a lot of time, you know, lamenting our own losses. But uh, we will look ahead for the future. There is optimism at this point uh, behind the Mississippi State football program. You may have missed it on Friday. And we hope to have some announcements today. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, we had some announcements on Friday. Coach Jeff Levy begins to put his, uh, his staff together. So we'll kind of break down where we are, where we're going. Uh, we have worked the phones extensively. And I'm ready for this to be over, to be quite honest with you. Uh, we've got uh, official visit weekend this weekend coming up. Uh, we'll talk about some of those visitors that are coming in. And then uh, the, you know, the next couple weeks can be busy. And then the December signing period will be here. Today is also the first day officially that the NCAA transfer portal is open for all players. Of course, for our players, it's already been open. Uh, When you make a coaching change, they allow you a little bit of a head start there. But uh, there will be some very, very intriguing names in the portal nationally. We do expect some more guys from the Mississippi State roster to go in. We do. I mean, it's just, you know, that's not a hot take. Yeah, I read these posts sometimes uh, from some of these uh, pseudo-insiders. Oh, we're going to have several go in the portal. Yeah, no duh. Yeah, yeah. And so is everybody else. That's the world in which we live in. There's already over 5,000 players in the portal. That will surpass 6,000 today. And the majority of those will not find a college home. There's always some walk-ons that go in the portal looking for a scholarship opportunity Uh, But many others are looking to leave one situation for another. Maybe it's to get more playing time. Maybe it's to get closer to home. Everybody has their own reasons. So 
big, big uh, run here on the portal. And we're going to have the uh, Transfer Portal Palooza throughout 247 Sports Network, uh, 60% off your annual subscription. I've been running a lot of specials these days. But that, of course, gets you in, uh, you know, in time for all our signing day coverage and uh, all the official visit coverage. We had several stories yesterday recruiting-related uh, players set transfer portal offensive line set up a visit. Uh, you know, we've got a few things out there cooking. Uh, also spoke to uh, uh, Fred Clark yesterday, Mississippi State commitment from Winona. And congratulations to everybody connected to the Winona Tigers football program as they win their first ever state championship over the weekend. How about that? Got a couple of Bulldog commitments and a Bulldog lean on that team. And uh, just down the road here on 82, uh, so very happy to see our neighbors celebrating championships. Starkville comes up short against Oak Grove as the Warriors of Oak Grove win the first ever uh, 7A state championship. And then our friends just down the road in Louisville. Uh, they beat my Columbia High School Wildcats to win the 4A state championship. So uh, the high school season in Mississippi is over. We'll make a trip next week uh, to Mississippi-Alabama practices and uh, give you some coverage from down there, get some fresh pictures and uh, – some fresh interviews, so look for that over at jeanspage.com as well. We get out and go. We do. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of this show. I love Bulldog Burger Company. You will, too, if you don't already. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Star Vegas. Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Uh, they do have some special events from time to time. The Tap Takeovers have some live music there in Tupelo. And always some chef specials. Go by and check them out. You'll be glad you did. It's a great place to work. It's a great place to dine. Whether you're looking for a night out with friends or family, uh, they've got more than enough to accommodate you and let you leave there feeling satisfied. Have the spring rolls as your appetizer. They'll make you and everybody around you better looking. Have that great restaurant quality burger. If maybe you're not prepared to eat that heavy because the portions are rather substantial, you get more than your money's worth at Bulldog Burger Company. Have the BLT salad. If you finish it, you're a bigger and better person than me. It's incredible. It really is. I love to go there and eat fresh. That's really uh, one of the cool things about it. So when you put your feet under their table, you're going to get an amazing experience. That's Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right. I don't know where we start because, I'm I, I, like many of you, I can't believe it. But Mississippi State 0-2 last week. We talked about the uh, the loss on Tuesday at Georgia Tech, a game that uh, we got behind and we're just chasing the game and just could never seem to get caught up. I mean, it was just one of those crazy things. But um, one of the worst losses in Mississippi State men's basketball history took place on Sunday in Humphrey Coliseum as Mississippi State loses to the Jaguars of Southern U. That's down in Baton Rouge. 60-59. to 59. And it was a game throughout. It wasn't like this all of a sudden, you know, they got hot. They were in the game throughout it. And uh, entered the game with a 1-6 and six record. Yeah, we'll just go ahead and let that sink in. They're 1-6, and six, and they came to the hump and beat a top 25-ranked Mississippi State team. It's incredible that since we get both teams ranked, they both lose twice. But uh, the story of this game really – Mississippi State down the stretch just couldn't close. I mean, you look up here, you know, 16-20 to go in the game. Jimmy Bell with a nice little, uh, you know, layup there in the paint, gives State an eight-point lead, and you think, okay, we're going to run away. We're going to go ahead and, 
and put these guys away, but they kept hanging around and hanging around and hanging around. Some bad fouls from Mississippi State. Three-point shooting wasn't great. And uh, inevitably, the game gets really tight. Well, then right at the 10-minute mark, State pushes it back out to 10. You think, okay, this is going to be an ugly win for us, but it's going to be a win. With six minutes to go, Cam Matthews gets out on the break and heaves one home, makes it a 12-point ball game for State, and you think, okay, all right, all right, this is when we'll put them away. No, but no, 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 no. It wasn't the case. Wasn't the case because at that point, Mississippi State – let me back up here a second here. We're up 12, and then uh, at 4.28 to go, Mississippi State scores its final points of the game. State is up 11 with 4.28 to play at home, and uh, we don't score again. Southern finishes the game on a 12-0 run to win the game. It's nuts, man. It really is. And uh, State had a chance late. You know, State had um, you know the final the final shot there, and um, Josh Hubbard uh, gets his shot blocked, and then they they rebounded and they win one of the bigger wins in Southern U basketball history. And it's terrible. It is, and it's incredible how quick some of our people will turn. Uh, you know, listen, I'm still a Chris Jans fan. I still believe in this team. We had a difficult week. But just thought we had a bad night on Tuesday. We had a worse afternoon at Humphrey Coliseum on Sunday. Absolutely no good. We're up three at the break. We're down four in the second half. That equals a one-point loss. Absolutely horrendous. Now, Terion Joseph played all 40 minutes for Southern, and he had pitched in 27 points, nearly half of their offensive production. He was phenomenal. 11 of 21 from the floor, 3 of 10 from beyond the arc. And outside of that, he just kind of had some support. Brandon Davis pitches in a dozen. But uh, Southern only has six players score a point in the game. It's pretty nuts when you go look at it, right? They're five starters, and then Jordan Johnson, their uh, first guy off the bench who played 25 minutes, contributes six. 32 rebounds in the game for them, just 34 for us, and that's something we should always win. DJ Jeffries, uh, just a couple points. We get, we can't, we can't have that. I mean, that, that's kind of been the story with DJ. I mean, you know, he'll just, you know, every once every three games he'll get in double digits, and then there are other times he, he just can't get it done. But DJ just uh, three three field goal attempts. Josh Hubbard four of twelve, and he's a volume shooter. He leads Mississippi State with fourteen points. And the question that I have is, why is a freshman having to lead us? It's tough. Shaquille Moore, two points. That's unacceptable. It is. Cam Matthews led Mississippi State with 32 minutes of action, had a dozen points, pulled down just four rebounds. That's a pretty rare thing there for him. Uh, Jimmy Bell, though, 13 boards for him, but just five points. Three of those five points came at the free throw line. He was one of four from the floor. State 21 of 52 as a team. And 7 of 26 and beyond the arc, 10 of 16 at the line. It was just a bad game. And Chris Jans is a guy that prides himself on coaching defense, and the fact that we couldn't get stops late is an indictment on the game and on this team. But I'm not ready to give up on this team or this coaching staff. I know many of you are like, oh, we just can't have anything. 
we're going to be okay. You know, help is on the way. We'll figure some things out. Uh, Tolu Smith, of course, uh, will be joining the team soon. He is out of his boot, kind of moving around, as Chris Jan said in postgame. Uh, but not, not a good day by any stretch of the imagination. There's no way to defend this loss. And I've seen some people trying to just stop. Let's just take it for what it is. We look even sillier uh, trying to get out here and explain this thing away. We lost a game. We had no business losing. And, uh, but we'll move ahead. And this is a loss that's going to stay with us the entire year because their net will probably be 300. You know, it's nuts. Uh, Bulldogs back in action again on this Saturday and back to Atlanta, Georgia for holiday hops, holiday hoops giving. Pardon me. We'll preview that game on the Friday show. Uh, it's going to be an early tip at 10.30 a.m. But Bulldogs got to figure some things out. No doubt about it. Not a good week. You're 6-0 and and undefeated, and everybody's like, hey, we, hey, let's go. And then we lose to a Georgia Tech team that is very pedestrian, and then we lose to Southern U. And all due respect to those people in the SWAC, but we have absolutely no business losing to a SWAC team, certainly in our home arena. And we did, and that's going to be an anchor to our net the entire season. On the women's side of things, things were not much better. Uh, you know, the law, a loss is a loss. You can't sit here and say, well, you know, it's, it was a quality loss. It was not a quality loss. Uh, first thing that I want to mention, too, Sam Purcell, not with the team yesterday. He's dealing with, uh, you know, some illness. It's not a major factor from what I understand. Uh, some people have, um, have questioned that and kind of asked about that. I understand, you know, it, it is something we don't expect to be long-term. We certainly wish Sam the best. Uh, we do. But a tough week for the ladies. You know, we're still without Jessica Carter and uh, missed some of our bigs yesterday. We missed them significantly against Miami as we were out-rebounded in that game by a substantial margin. And then yesterday we go to Chattanooga and we lose 59-53. to Not a great week for the Bulldog Matters. And really the difference in this ball game was the fourth quarter. We just run out of gas. You know, State – up 32 to 26 at the break and we've been a pretty good second half team and all of a sudden UT Chat kind of gets a go in there in the third period and they're up you know 18 13 in the quarter and all of a sudden you got a game Mississippi State scores just eight points in the final period eight points that's not going to get it done it just absolutely is not going to get it done now UT Chat has played well in the SOCON, they're 8-1 on the year. So it's a quality mid-major. But the reality of it is, is that from a talent standpoint, these teams aren't equal. And maybe we got out coached down the stretch without having Purcell handy. I don't know. I just know it's another loss for Mississippi State. And again, people try to defend the loss. We are a Southeastern Conference team. We shouldn't lose to a SOCON team. So let's stop trying to explain away our problems. That only perpetuates a problem. We excuse it away. It's true. Uh, Dracalia Jordan, 19 points for your Bulldogs, also 10 rebounds. She played uh, some very tough minutes, 35 minutes for her. Uh, Lauren Park Lane, who's become a a fan favorite for the Bulldogs, 38 minutes of action, 14 points for her, 6 rebounds. Also had 4 turnovers to go with 4 assists and 4 fouls. Not her better game, but... uh, you know, a solid contribution from her. DeBrusha Poe, 31 minutes of action. Two of four from beyond the arc. Those were her two baskets and six field goal attempts uh, for six points. Uh, Darion Rogers, 33 minutes of action. Just one of six from the floor. And um, 
pitched in a, a free throw as well. But you start working through this. I mean, we had a handful of people getting the box score, but uh, not good. Not good. And, and I get it. You know, it's like, man, after all we've been through with football, it's like, you know what, I was so looking forward to basketball. I think you still can look forward to basketball. It stings right now, but we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. That's what I believe. Uh, but a lot of people are talking about, you know what, if, if Chris Jans doesn't make it the tournament this year, we should consider making a change. No, we should not. Let's not get carried away and be prisoners of the moment. We got a lot of that in our fan base. We are definitely prisoners of the moment. That, that, that belief is not unique to us by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but it's not good. Anytime we lose a game like this, it always stays with you. Bulldogs back in action a week from today against Kennesaw State in Humphrey Coliseum. We hope Sam Purcell's back for that. And, uh, again, wish Sam the best. But, uh, nevertheless, your Bulldogs on the men's and the women's side both lose two in a row. Not great. Not great. All right, let's kind of look ahead at some other things. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. That's right, the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year, managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. 
Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Here, uh, we, you know, we begin to talk about you know, other sports and things about nature. We're not going to have a lot to root for. Uh, the rest of this year, you know, as the, you know, the, the ball semester wraps up uh, and then next thing you know, we come back and we get right back on the diamond and both baseball and softball. Uh, and it's going to be here before you know it. I mean, it's just, what is it? Two and a half months away now. feels like forever. And uh, tomorrow all at the same time, Mississippi state will open up in baseball against air force. Uh, Paul Skeen's uh, original alma mater. So we're excited about that. That's going to be interesting uh, we talked about, you know, how important it is for State to get off to a, a quick start to the season and kind of settle some, uh, you know, settle some rotations. But uh, State going to spend a lot of time in the friendly confines of Duty Noble Field. Uh, our first game away from Starkville will be March 5th against Southern Miss down in Pearl. And then we come back home uh, to kind of finish some things up before we head down to Biloxi. So we're not going to leave the state of Mississippi. Think about that. And so we go to Texas A&M on March 21st. So you guys have plenty of chances to get out and see the Bulldogs. We encourage you to get out. I know it's going to be a little bit chilly. Maybe you'll get you a Stark Villains hoodie from StarkVillains.com. I'll be able to wear that. But, uh, yeah, we've got a chance to kind of get some things going early, settle the pitching rotation before we get into conference play. And, again, plenty of opportunities for you to see the Bulldogs before we get going. And, and I like this whole deal of Biloxi. I do, because you all turn out. Every time we go down there, it's packed. We sell it out every time. This year, against South Alabama and uh, New Orleans. Tuesday, Wednesday deal, and then we come home to play LSU that weekend. So, again, we're not leaving the state of Mississippi until we get into uh, the second weekend of SEC play. That's a very, very significant thing. And, again, some of the people look at, well, Steve, the schedule's a joke. No, it's not. we got to win games. Our SEC schedule is enough from an RPI standpoint to get us to where we want to go. On the softball side of things, uh, yeah, big, important year, you know, for Coach Ricketts and the staff there. You know, we you know, set some history a couple years ago. Last year was a disappointment. Uh, this year we're going to open up, again, February 16th. We're going to head to the Puerto Vallarta College Challenge in Mexico. That'll be a neat trip right there. And maybe if you're thinking about getting away in February and taking a nice vacation, you can go to Puerto Vallarta, which is a very picturesque place, but also, too, give you a chance to go see the Bulldogs play. How about that? So we open up with the University of California at Davis. It's a doubleheader type day. We'll come back and play UC San Diego and then come back on Saturday and play Utah and Clemson. So some decent competition. You know, we're going to see a couple of California clubs and see a couple of Power 5 clubs. And uh, we're going to spend some more time out on the road. Obviously, it's kind of the uh, opposite of what Chris Amano selected to do. We're going to be in the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic as well out in Cathedral City, California. 
So we'll leave Mexico and uh, head to Cali. And uh, four big games out there. And then we go to um, Oxford, Mississippi to open SEC play. And so while the Bulldogs or the Diamond Dogs will not leave the state of Mississippi, your softball dogs will not play in the state of Mississippi until March 8th. Yeah, much, much different deal. So an interesting schedule. And I know you want to get out and go play people and get – you know, battle-hardened or whatever for, for SEC play. But it's interesting to me that we don't uh, – we're going to play some big-name teams. But we're not going to play anybody out at News Park uh, for a while. You know, we'll, again, like when the baseball goes to A&M, A&M comes to us in softball. So, uh, again, a very important year for Mississippi State softball. And uh, I know they have built a nice fan base. Uh, Coach Ricketts, very accessible to the fans. Uh, but, yeah, we got to have a big year this year. I think everybody realizes that. And uh, this schedule, you know, maybe one of those deals, too, where, you know, you get off to a slow start in non-conference and hopefully pick it up in SEC play, which is very difficult to do in the, le- in the league in which we play. So we got to rack up some wins early. But, uh, yeah, an interesting scheduling decision there by Coach Ricketts and her staff to, uh, you know, spend basically the first month of the season on the road. Yeah, pretty, pretty interesting, uh, shall we say. All right, let's go ahead and move ahead into the top ten list today because we're going to talk a lot of football here in just a little bit. Uh, let's get to the top ten, kind of get that done. I know many of you enjoy the top ten. I've had a lot of people reach out, and sometimes people ask for some very obscure things. And I don't know that I can do them justice. But um, So we take that under advisement. And i got to think about, too, what's marketable. I like to turn people on to new bands. But there, there are a lot of people out there that, um, you know, the reason that people have never heard of them is because they're, they're not great. You know, there are some people out there that are undiscovered and maybe deserve a bigger audience. There are other people out there that... I've had some people send me some stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Mm. But uh, I tell you what, you can uh, team up with our friend Blair Chandler at CloseWithBlair.com. That, that's a winner, right? If they gave out awards for mortgage lending origination, he'd be a Grammy winner every year. He'd be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Back to back to back years with top 1% close ratio in the country. Not just in Wiggins, not just in Pelahatchee, not in Goss, Bunker Hill, Marks, nationally. Visit him at closewithblair.com, that's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com, and learn more about the services that he can help you with. And listen, your mortgage is important, man. It's not like okay, I just went and bought a, uh, you know, went and bought a receiver or something, you know, from Best Buy, you know, for my new stereo system, and I'm going to do 90 days same as cash. It's not that simple. You need somebody to help navigate through the difficulties that that, that arise when you're getting a mortgage because you need a million things, right? I mean, it's like a pint of blood, an note from your mother, a lock of your kid's uh, first haircut. I mean, it's always all these kind of crazy things to ask for. And sometimes I think underwriting is just messing with us. You need an advocate at underwriting that's like, no, we're not doing that. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get it done. And a lot of that's because he knows how to structure loans on the front end. You don't give underwriting a chance to, uh, to pend you and add all these other little stipulations to your loan if you do it right the first time. That's where experience matters. Give Blair a call or text today at 601-500-2344. Again, 601-500-2344. Make the dream of home ownership come true for you. I don't know if you could have anybody in the country that uh, would work harder 
and more efficiently to get you to the closing table than Blair Chandler at closewithblair.com. All right. I realized today, and I reached out to Roy and said, Roy, have we ever done No Doubt? And we haven't, which is interesting to me. I thought we had covered all the, you know, the super groups of the 90s, but we haven't. Um, had tickets years ago to see, go see No Doubt, Goo Goo Dolls, and Bush down in New Orleans, Mardi Gras weekend. It was wild even just getting down there. Everybody uh, seeking their vicarious pleasure in the Crescent City. One of my favorite cities in the world. A lot of people don't like it. I like the vibe of New Orleans. Uh, but yeah, it was a good show. It was. And uh, of course, uh, on that tour, Gwen Stefani, the singer of No Doubt, fell in love with Gavin Rossdale, who was among the coolest people on the planet. And uh, they had a couple kids together. And I'm not together now. But um, yeah, a lot of it came from that tour together. And things are really changing in music back then, too. Uh, they certainly were. You know, Bush was uh, was much different. You know, this this is kind of, you know, we took down all the smoke and the lights and the lasers and uh, the sequin pants and things like that, and we traded all that in for uh, you know flannel shirts and you know cut off shorts and and uh, Timberlands. There was we we changed the image, but we also changed the music experience and uh, a lot of it too. At the moment, you're like, hey, well, hey, man, it's just about the music. Well, you can listen to it on the radio. You know, when I go to a show, I want to see a show, right? I'm going to be entertained. Maybe you're different. Maybe you are, and that's okay. I'm not going to be a music snob here on the show. But however, all of a sudden, we get into the mid-'90s, and in many respects, the music got better. And we have this, you know, emotional attachment to music because of... Uh, certain points in our life because music is the greatest time machine of all right i mean i I, I can pull out um you know that mother love bone apple album i can pull it out and it's so crazy like i can put the song i can put on like man man of golden words which i won't play it at my funeral and i can smell that old house that dan and i used to live in on north 34th street in hattiesburg not that it smelled bad, it was just an older house. But, you know, there, there's some things, like there's all these vivid memories, and I've been told that, uh, you know, smells are among the most vivid. But, but uh, yeah, so sometimes I put that on, and I'll put on some tracks back then. I'll think, oh, this, man, this was so great. I remember I loved this, and I put it on there, and it's, it's not nearly as good today, but you have this emotional connection with it. And so it kind of skews our opinions about music. But, uh, you know, listen to it for what you want. You know, I'm not going to judge. But, uh when all this began to change in music, all of a sudden music was getting fun again. Because I'm going to be honest with you, the grunge era wasn't fun. And people are like, oh, man, the music was so great. Well, no, you were high through most of that. Okay? I mean, let's just be your friend here. And I'll just say it for what it is. I enjoyed the grunge era. I'm still grunge, in case you hadn't noticed. But, uh, but the reality of it is, is that a lot of that music was very negative. It was very depressive. It wasn't uh, to enjoy life. And I think people eventually kind of got sick of that. They kind of gravitated away from that. And then bands like No Doubt came along, and they were fun. Gwen Stefani was really unlike anybody we'd ever seen. And most people had never heard of ska music, which is what No Doubt is. They're a ska band. And there's Gwen Stefani with this incredibly 
powerful voice and this beautiful face and she looked like the girl next door and she's up there just kind of being all weird and being an individual and it resonated with people and she became a superstar so we're going to honor the music of no doubt today we're going to go back to uh, the uh the last album no doubt is is defunct now gwen stefani still get out gets gets out and does some things but no doubt uh that's what happens too you know somebody gets uh people finally figure out that uh hey, this is the most talented person in the band, and they offered him a bunch of money to leave you behind. That's what happens. But uh, the last album, and Gwen Stefani said herself that she felt forced to do this album, uh, and really it was more internal pressure, but it's um, you know, their final album. Uh, and the, the track that I like on it, and I had to go refresh myself because I wasn't necessarily a, uh, a huge, no doubt, fan after the, uh, the earlier catalog, Maybe many of you are, but um, it's 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 kind of interesting. Push and Shove is the last album uh, from No Doubt, and that was released way back in 2012. But uh, the track that I like off that album is Settled Down. It's got a real reggae swing vibe to it. It's just a little bit different. All right, number nine is a Simple Kind of Life. That goes back a few years. It's really got more of an alternative rock vibe to it. And that's the thing about No Doubt. A lot of diversity in what they do. Uh, number eight, Sunday morning. And uh, it's got this really, really, really interesting bass line. I mean, it, dare I say, infectious. It starts out, it, it almost seems like that the bass is a little bit out of tune. And uh, it, it kind of builds and builds and builds. And it's really a ska song in many aspects. All right, number seven is uh, Ex-Girlfriend. Super cool song. Starts out with kind of a flamenco vibe, right? You know what I'm talking about? There's not that same intricate picking technique, but uh, the tuning is very similar. So that's kind of how the song begins. But uh, Sunday morning, excuse me, it's Ex-Girlfriend, number seven. Number six, a song that won a Grammy and uh, got a real reggae vibe to this thing too. It's underneath it all. And really, in many respects, I know that a lot of people uh, remember the earlier hits, but commercially, uh, no doubt, had a lot of success with critics and on the charts, you know, after Tragic Kingdom. There were, like, a lot of people thought, hey, well, Tragic Kingdom is like, you know, the most amazing thing ever. And it was, in many respects, for that time. But what's interesting about all that, too, is as no doubt began to evolve as a band. They got much more co commercial acclaim and critical acclaim uh, by the industry. I think a lot of it's just because they were so unique. And then, of course, you've got this, it, this incredible voice uh, leading the band. It all starts with singing, doesn't it? You know, we always talk about, hey, this guy's a great songwriter, but uh, can't sing. You know, uh, that wasn't the case. But uh, you go back, try, people, most people don't realize this. Tragic Kingdom was not the debut album for No Doubt. And a lot of people back in the day were like, hey, this has got to be, they got to be the best new band of the year. It's a third album. They had to have a couple albums out there to kind of figure some things out, right? So you had No Doubt's self-titled album in 92 and then the Beacon Street Collection in 95. And then they hit it big. So I think the lesson learned there is don't, uh, don't give up, right? Especially when you know you got the goods. And a lot of people think they have the goods and don't, but uh, Gwen Stefani certainly did and does. 
All right, number five, a very interesting song. And again, things began to evolve for them. And um, had really, they'd really crossed over onto the pop genre. And so they kind of responded to that. And that's one of the reasons, I think, that Tony uh, Cannell, the bass player for No Doubt and Gwen Stefani, who used to date at one time, kind of moved away from each other musically, is because Gwen was having success really more as a pop artist. And I think Tony was the guy that was kind of more true to the sky and the reggae style. And so it's irreconcilable musical differences, right? But Hey Baby was a huge top 40 hit. It's got that great dance beat to it. Uh, it's one of those things, too, you look at. It, it's like you listen to the earlier stuff and you think, how did we get here? Well, Gwen Stefani became a superstar and began to have some other influences in her musical career. And so she kind of brought that to No Doubt. And uh, Tony, in many respects, while it was a hit didn't like the direction of things, which is one of the reasons they're no longer together. Number four, one of my favorites, and I think really probably an undervalued song in the No Doubt catalog, it's Spiderwebs. The video is phenomenal. And again, there's Gwen Stefani out there just kind of being silly, just kind of being acting like a kid. And I love it. But uh, I also like the instrumentation on this one. Number three, again, kind of back to the... Um, the top 40 vibe, right? It's hella good. And everybody knows this one. It's got that deep club bass line on it. It's completely different from everything else in the earlier part of the catalog. And again, the band was evolving and things were changing and, and people didn't fully embrace that within the band. So as a result, the band is no more. Number two, though, probably the song that most that got most people into No Doubt. And they used to absolutely bang this thing like once an hour on uh, MTV. And it's just a girl. I'm just a girl from No Doubt. Absolutely incredible song. And I would suggest probably the signature song. I suspect young people, if you go back and ask your parents, and we're getting older, you know, those of us that were around in the, in the mid-90s as, uh, as young married couples or, you know, college sweethearts or whatever, this is the song that got people introduced to No Doubt. And it was a huge hit. It was. Number one, though, for me, and you know, I don't ordinarily stop with ballads, but uh, I, to me, I, I don't think there's any question. The best song that No Doubt ever released has got to be the cover of It's My Life. No, we don't do covers on this show. Unless it's a real cover show. But yeah, that's on the Greatest Hits album, It's My Life, which was a talk, talk song. A lot of people are like, oh, that's a that, that great No Doubt song. No, it's a cover. Number one is Don't Speak, which emotionally is just one of those songs that really stands out. I think that's one of the things you look at and you kind of get excited about. It's like in the video, Gwen looks amazing, but it's pretty clear that she's singing from her heart. She emotes exceptionally well on this song, and you can tell this is obviously something that she personally experienced. And she's given some interviews about the song, and I love the fact that she leaves a lot of it up for interpretation. That's the best thing about music. There, there's, you know, there are things that I've written. Uh, whether it be poetry or music or whatever, things that I've read and that mean something to me. And I've had people that have messaged me and said, hey, what's this about? What do you think it's about? What does it mean to you? It's great to have your own interpretation because I think that's what makes music so magical for us is that, that, that there's not a hard and rigid part of this thing, right? And so Don't Speak, an absolutely amazing song. I think one of the best songs of the 1990s, regardless of genre. That's why it's your number one. So again, today we pay tribute to No Doubt and, uh, and Gwen Stefani. Of course, Gwen's had some incredible hits as a solo artist as well. 
But uh, be sure and check out the No Doubt catalog. It's crazy to think, you know, this band just hadn't done a lot. They've done a few shows every now and again, but uh, it's just one of those things that breakthrough album, Tragic Kingdom, changed the life of uh, of Gwen Stefani. And um, you know, born out in uh, Fullerton, California. We know them from baseball and even went to Cal State Fullerton. So there's a good chance that we've disappointed Gwen Stefani at some point when we've played the Titans in baseball. Not that I don't know if she's a baseball fan or not, but, uh, you know, currently married to uh, Blake Shelton. Yeah, you know him. And what, what an odd combination that is. But two very talented individuals, for sure. But that's uh, your top ten list for today. I'm going to encourage you to uh, reach out to us if you have ideas for the top ten list. We just may use them. The best way to do that is to hit up uh, Roy on Twitter at dogmatic67. I don't always see the notifications. He reminded me today. He goes, hey, did you see this request? No, I didn't see it. Uh, But we're going to get to it. There was a a recent request that um, I won't tip it today. Uh, but uh, Roy is probably going to have to help me. This is one of those bands I've not been gr- been a big fan of. But uh, we're going to do it on Wednesday. We're going to do it. And uh, I would let the wife do it, but I don't know that she's uh, as well-versed in this band, even as I am, and I'm not a big fan. Uh, but there was a time they were the biggest band in the world. So we're going to knock that out uh, on Wednesday. And so, again, the, the, if I'm not anything, I'm flexible. Roy wants to do it. We've had a request for it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And I suspect that my list will be very different than most people's. And that's okay. I respect this band. It's just not my cup of tea. But, uh, yeah, your band may not be my cup of tea. That doesn't mean we won't use them. So, again, hit up Roy on Twitter at Dogmatic67. You can find our great list on Spotify on the same handle, D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7, Dogmatic. Uh, if you get them to me, I'll do my best. But I, I get a lot of notifications. and I don't know what it is with Twitter. You know, sometimes like stuff will pop up and it's like that on Facebook too. It's like, uh, I saw something yesterday on Facebook, uh, a friend was having some issues, right? And, um, I'm, I'm not one that's a proponent to bring that stuff to Facebook. I'm just, I'm just telling you, you I've seen so many people that will go out there and they'll blast somebody and then later have to take it down. And that's what happens, you know, Sometimes it's good to take the, observe the 24-hour rule. But anyway, and his friend, and I was, was going to message him. I pull up his Facebook, and, uh, and lo and behold, I had a message pending from like six months ago. You know, I didn't, never even got the notification. You show up in Messenger, it doesn't show as an unread message. I don't know what happens with all that stuff. Uh, but that's my little social moray into social media today. But again, since we're on the topic, please, 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 uh, don't put all of your uh, relationship drama on Facebook because if you end up getting back together, it just makes it that much more difficult, right? And listen, I'm the kind of person too, like, um, you know, if you shoot a bottle rocket at me, I'll drop a nuclear warhead on you. That's just, you know, and, and maybe it's an insecurity issue or whatever, but I just let me advise you, as, as a guy that has the tendency to overshare anyway, I don't like putting things out there about relationship stuff, and I hate to, unless it's positive, right? Um, and I haven't lived the perfect life either, right? But I would just say the chances of things working out sometimes aren't very good uh, if we're out there blasting people on, on social media. I get it. And listen, you get a lot of fans that way. But I can tell you, somebody that loves you, uh, I just encourage you, keep it off Facebook. Because people screenshot that stuff and all of a sudden that they keep it. Like people want to see you fall. You know, you know that about life? You, people want to see you fall. They do. 
And it's so interesting, too. Like, that's one of the reasons that so many people fade into the crowd. They want to be judged. But there's so many people out there keeping receipts these days, and they can't wait to throw it back in your face. No matter how hard you try, no matter how much work you put in, no matter what kind of life you lead, there's always somebody out there with a screenshot of something you said or that you wrote, and they can't wait to shove it back in your face. They can't wait. So don't give them any ammunition to do that. Just, uh, again, uh, life's tips from your good friend and host. Be careful what you put in writing, period. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Book Mart, a Stark Billion institution. I love Campus Book Mart. They love me. Matter of fact, you can get all six of my books there as you're doing your holiday shopping. Every bulldog in the world deserves a copy of Dog Pile. And every smart aleck Ole Miss brother-in-law deserves a copy of Flim Flam. It's true. Uh, I'll be by there later today to sign copies of When the Bottom Falls just to make sure they've got signed stock. And so uh, be sure and uh, think about that as you're doing your holiday shopping. But uh, the main reason you go there, it's the best selection of Mississippi State merchandise. And every Bulldog on your shopping list wants new Mississippi State merch. We want to rep the brand. So be sure and check them out next time you're in town. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a Lawyer Barnyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 bones, absolutely incomplete. All right, let's talk a little bit about this college football playoff thing. Why not, right? Uh, it was an incredible weekend of football, right? It really was in many respects. And, of course, the, uh, the SEC championship game, I picked Georgia. Alabama won the game, and it really wasn't anything fluky about it. I thought it was a, a great game between two heavyweights. And uh, what else can you say about Nick Saban? A year that many people didn't even think they'd win the West, they win the whole thing. Uh, and now we'll play for an Apple championship, one of uh, four teams in the college football playoff. I tell you this, a lot of people wondered, you know, hey, did they get it right by keeping Florida State out? I, I can't answer that. I've, I could make a case for Florida State. I, I can. But I also think, too, that the SEC champion is going to get in regardless, especially with one loss. Alabama beat the best team in the playoff rankings, which was Georgia. So they leapfrog in. They should have. Florida State – not the same team. I thought Dan Mullen made a good point, too, though, that uh, Florida State wasn't the same team last week, and you continue to rank them high. So basically what you're saying is we're just trying to find a way to disrespect those guys. If, if the, the CFP rankings had come out the week after Jordan Travis had got injured and you dropped them a couple of spots and said, you know what, they're just not the same team without starting quarterback, I think that makes sense. I think it gives you a little bit of cover. And then in the event that Alabama does beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, I think it reduces the level of angst. But when you keep them there, you're basically telling them, hey, you guys win and you're in. Well, they did win. And, yes, they're not the same team, but they still went undefeated in a Power Five conference, and they won their conference championship title game. I got some issues with it. But you can only have four teams in, and Florida State's the odd man out. Now, what's interesting, if you watch the video of the Michigan CFP ceremony they had when they announced that Michigan was number one, 
As soon as it came out that Alabama was four, a hush filled the room. I think they were all thinking, we'll get Florida State as the four with a third-team quarterback, maybe a backup quarterback, I don't know. But instead, you get Alabama, the team that just beat Georgia. And again, a hush filled the room. You didn't see a lot of uh, big blue fans like, oh, yeah, bring on Bama. We want Bama. I don't think anybody wants Bama. And if Bama beats Michigan, there's a good chance Alabama is going to win the NFL championship again. You say, but Steve, Texas beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. If Texas can beat Washington, and I'm not totally sure they can, Bama and Texas on a neutral field after Alabama's had to listen to that crap all year? I don't know. Now, listen, Sark and those guys played him tough in Austin last year. They beat him in Tuscaloosa this year, so Sark clearly knows some things about the inner workings of Alabama that have allowed that team to be very competitive against the Crimson Tide. But it'll be interesting. Of course, uh, Alabama and Michigan going to play in the Rose Bowl. Texas, Washington in the All-State Sugar Bowl. We'll get there one day, kids. All right, Friday, December 29th, Missouri, the third highest-rated SEC team in the the FBS playoff rankings, will take on Ohio State. I think this is a very intriguing matchup. And you may have heard this, too. Ohio State's uh, quarterback's now in the portal. Wouldn't it be an incredible year for Michigan to win the Cotton Bowl after a 10-win regular season? Their losses to Georgia and LSU. Uh, The following day, our friends up the road at Ole Miss will take on Penn State. I know many of you will be Nittany Lions fans. I will be as well. But I still had my Todd Blacklitz jersey from years ago. I I dig it out and wear it. I think it's a good matchup for Ole Miss. I think it'll be interesting. Uh, The indoor facility kind of lends itself to a track meet. Capital One Orange Bowl, Georgia and Florida State. This may be the best bowl game in many people's eyes. Uh, I think if Jordan Travis was healthy, it would be. I think Georgia is going to absolutely boat race Florida State. And you also got to wonder, too, how Mike Norville and that group are going to be up, knowing that they got passed over. It's like we did everything we could, and we still weren't good enough. They still wouldn't put us in. Are they going to be motivated to play this game and say, we're going to show the world that we are the real national champions? And if you beat Georgia, I'm sure some people will claim a national championship, even though we've already established the rule for picking a champion. I think Georgia is going to absolutely destroy Florida State. I do. I don't think there's anything Florida State can do. I think you can give them a year to prepare. And I think Georgia will absolutely run Florida State off the field. Uh, Kirby and those guys will be fired up, Murdy, to go. That game is going to happen in the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. The Fiesta Bowl. How about this? How about Liberty and Jamie Chadwell going to take on Oregon? Now, that could be a really intriguing game, too. That's going to be at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. That's a 1 p.m. Uh, kick. That'll be awfully interesting, too. What uh, What's going to happen with Liberty? I don't think they've got the athletes to match up with Oregon. I think Oregon wins that game. Uh, Myrtle Beach Bowl, Georgia Southern versus Ohio. The Cricket Celebration Bowl. That's a new one. Howard versus Florida A&M. That's going to be in Mercedes-Benz there in Atlanta. The R plus L Carriers New Orleans Bowl, Jacksonville State versus UL Lafayette. That'll be interesting. I love these kind of matchups. I, I do. And they're, they're, they're teams who wouldn't ordinarily watch, but we will because it's on television and we're desperate to have some entertainment. Uh, Miami of Ohio will take on App State in the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. That's an interesting name. 
The Aletta New Mexico Bowl will have New Mexico State versus Fresno State. You kind of got to like the Aggies in that thing, right? UCLA will take on Boise State in the L.A. Bowl. That's going to be uh, interesting. Also in Inglewood, California. Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. It always changes. Still the Indy Bowl to us. Still the, uh, the Ole Miss Bowl. Uh, Cal versus Texas Tech. Western Kentucky will take on Old Dominion in the famous Toastery Bowl. How about that? They're playing that in Charlotte, North Carolina. UTSA takes on Marshall in the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl in Frisco, Texas, Toyota Stadium. Thursday, December 21st, the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl at FAU Stadium, South Florida versus Syracuse. Georgia Tech versus Central Florida. Gus versus uh, the Yellow Jackets. And the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. You got to like the, uh, the Knights in that one. Troy versus Duke in the Birmingham Bowl. I think this is a great, great opportunity for Troy. Of course, Mike Elko and his staff uh, headed to A&M. John Sumrall and Troy have been, what, 25-2 and two in the two years he's been there. Uh, you got to like Troy in this one. Uh, the Camellia Bowl down in Montgomery, Alabama. It's Arkansas State versus Northern Illinois. Uh, James Madison, of course, Signetti uh, has left there to go to Indiana against the Air Force. It's tough to prepare. Maybe you like Air Force in that one. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Georgia State and Utah State. Will you tune in to watch that one? I don't know. The 68 Ventures Bowl, South Alabama versus Eastern Michigan and Hancock-Whitney Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. It's a long way for Eastern Michigan to come. Uh, let's see here. The SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl, Utah versus Northwestern. And, of course, it'll be an SEC Bowl again next year. Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, Coastal Carolina versus San Jose State. I would like for us to go to Honolulu. Wouldn't that be fun? Some quick bowl games. Uh, the Quick Lane Bowl game, Bowling Green in Minnesota. That's in Detroit at Ford Field. The Serb Pro First Responder Bowl. I need to start charging these people. Uh, Gerald J. Ford Stadium, our uh, – one of our finest presidents invented uh, automobiles. Guaranteed Rate Bowl, Kansas and UNLV. Ugh, that's going to be a tough one right there. That'd be a fun game to watch. Wednesday, December 27th, Virginia Tech against Tulane Military Bowl by GoBowling.com. The GoBowling.com Bowl, Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. And, of course, Willie Fritz from Tulane is now taking a job at Houston. Shouldn't be a surprise to any Jeans Paid subscriber. Uh, North Carolina versus West Virginia in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Bank of America Stadium, we've been there when it was the Belk Bowl. DirecTV Holiday Bowl, Louisville versus USC. Kind of like USC in that one. The Tax Act, Texas Bowl, Texas A&M versus Oklahoma State. You got to wonder how many – you probably couldn't get people to travel for an a and Bowl game this year. Going to Houston's probably a smart thing, taking on a, a Big 12 opponent. It's a cool matchup. I like Oklahoma State there. Uh, the Wasabi-Fenway Bowl, if there were ever two words that were never intended to go together, that's it, Wasabi and Fenway. SMU versus Boston College. The Bad Boy Moore's Pinstripe Bowl, Rutgers versus Miami. Greg Schiano. That's a good one. Pop-Tarts Bowl, NC State versus Kansas State. It's the Camping World Stadium in Orlando. Uh, the Valero Alamo Bowl, Arizona, our friends out there, Judd Fish and those guys, will take on Oklahoma. 
That would be a fun game to watch. Should be. Should be a lot of scoring. Uh, Friday, December 29th, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Clemson and Kentucky. I like Clemson in that one. Tony, the Tiger Sun Bowl. Let's get it done, Kellogg's. Oregon State versus Notre Dame. And, of course, uh, you know, Jonathan Smith has left to go to the Michigan State against the Notre Dame team that's still been a little bit underwhelming. The Autos on Liberty Bowl, Memphis versus Iowa State. Memphis gets a bowl game, doesn't even have to leave home. Saturday, December 30th, Auburn versus Maryland in the Transperfect Music City Bowl game. You know that one well. Toledo versus Wyoming in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Monday, January 1st, of course, uh, Wisconsin and OSU. Does Jaden Daniels win the Heisman? Or did uh, Michael Penix do enough on Saturday against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game to overtake him? I don't think so. Of course, uh, I'm a Heisman voter this year, and so I will uh, share my ballot with you after the presentation, and uh, that will happen this weekend. Uh, the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl, Iowa versus Tennessee. Can that Iowa defense slow down Tennessee? I don't know. I don't know. They'll head down to Orlando, where uh, Josh Heupel's had a lot of success down there. But uh, that's the bowl picture as it looks today. And um, pretty exciting, you know, for college football fans. But um, but the rest of it, you know, we're not playing, right? So I don't know how you guys feel, but uh, I, I root against the SEC in bowl games other than the playoff. I, I root for our teams in the playoff. And uh, it's important to understand every year on Facebook we have this discussion. For some people, this knowledge is difficult to retain. It's not a purse. It's a payout. And so the winner doesn't get all the money. They split the payout. It's already been predetermined. Because people say, hey, well, if this team wins, we get more money. No, no. It doesn't matter who wins the bowl game. We're going to get the same amount of money from the bowl revenue sharing agreement with the SEC no matter who wins. But, of course, if we have a team advance to the NFL championship game, that's more money in the SEC coffers. So it makes sense for us to pull for SEC teams in the playoffs because it helps Mississippi State financially. Now, once they get to the NFL championship game, all bets are off, right? But I pull for our teams in the playoffs because it's the better thing for Mississippi State. But the rest of this stuff, uh, I, I root against the SEC. I do because I'm a hater. You know, if we can't play, you know, if the money's the same, I just want them to lose. I don't want them to have any juice on the recruiting trail. You can say, but Steve, we're not even in a ball game. That's true. But we made a coaching change. We got a little juice. I just don't want them to have anything to feel good about, you know. And so maybe that's uh, short-sighted and selfish and self-absorbed, but so be it. That's how I feel. So I will not be pulling for any SEC teams in their bowl games this bowl season, with the exception of Alabama. And then once they make the NFL championship game, I don't really care what happens after that. Because financially, it doesn't make any difference for us. It doesn't matter if Kentucky wins their bowl game. It's not going to put one more red cent into Zach Selman's athletic department budget. It's not how it works. So we don't gain anything from them winning. We just simply gain from them playing. It's the first time in 14 years Mississippi State hasn't added to the SEC Bowl revenue sharing package. We got to get back. We got to start a new streak next year. All right, let's thank our friends at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. If you are bringing a large group to Starkville, and I don't guess you have to, maybe you just want a big place to stretch out and call your own for a few days. 
Google the Stark Vegas Clubhouse and book through the Evolve website and use promo code BSR10 and I'll save you 10% on that deal. That's a great deal. It's a fabulous place. Five bedrooms, got the big fire pit outside, got the wet bar in there. You can entertain. This place has been completely renovated. It used to be the old uh, pro shop at the golf course. Now it's a great residence. And so how great is it to think, okay, we're going to be in town for the holidays or we're going to be in town for a ball game weekend to have everybody under one roof instead of everybody being spread all over the city or all over the county or even the Golden Triangle in hotel rooms. It's like, well, we're tired. We're going to go back. And, you know, maybe if everybody has their own room at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse, maybe grandma and grandpa can keep the grandkids, you know, while the kids themselves uh, take a nap or, or go do whatever they want to do. It'd be nice to have everybody together, consolidated under one roof. Uh, a lot to do there. Of course, the, one of the, the main advantages, too, is you can cook there. You can go uh, full-service kitchen there, brand-new appliances. Go do some shopping, buy yourself some adult beverages, put them on ice, put them in the fridge. Instead of having to go overpay, you know, at some hotel lounge somewhere uh, for a, a beer you could get for a fraction of the cost. Uh, but again, really the main thing is just community, having a sense of community. Whether you're bringing your family or maybe it's a work group. Maybe you've got some work to do around the university. And it'd be nice for everybody to have a, a common area with which to work and meet. The Stark Vegas Clubhouse has it all for you. And so much more affordable than going and getting everybody a hotel room. And it's not nearly as nice and cozy a stay. The Stark Vegas Clubhouse, book through the Evolve website and use promo code BSR10 to save money on your stay. All right, final segment of the show, and I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I hope to know who our defensive coordinator is today. Yes, I've heard some names, but nothing that gives me a ton of confidence to say, yes, this is the guy. And I'm told, and I was told from the beginning of this process that whoever we hire as a defensive coordinator would have some input on who we hire as defensive coaches. I think Tom Allen is intriguing. Uh, I don't know that he got a fair shake at Indiana. Uh, our buddy Stefan Krasnick, an Indiana alum, may disagree. Uh, I think Tom Allen makes a lot of sense. But it makes me wonder, why did we wait, though? Because Tom Allen obviously wasn't coaching a ball game this past weekend. You know, the Indiana staff, you know, Brandon Shelby and those guys, they could come. And I've had many people in college football circles tell me uh, what a great coach he is. He'd love to have him. And, of course, Tom Allen's a guy that uh, got some connections to Ole Miss, but he's been a fantastic coach at Indiana. Uh, so, yeah, he specializes on the defensive side. Jeff Collins' name has been mentioned, but you know, people have told me that, uh, you know, Jeff is, uh, you know, not expected to get the job. I've actually reached out to Jeff directly. And um, if he is going to be the guy, he appears to uh, not know it. So uh, Randy Shannon's name was mentioned. Spent two years coaching with Jeff Lebby at Central Florida. Makes a lot of sense in many respects because of the fact they have a relationship, but also, too, that you know, Jeff Lebby said he wanted an experienced guy that knows this league. Randy Shannon knows this league. Spent some time at Florida. Spent some time at Arkansas. Uh, so it makes some sense there. But we're hoping to get some other names. And uh, a lot of people are panicking. And let me tell you, as I shared on Bo Bound Show, Let's try decaf coffee for a bit, okay? Guys, it's been a week. A week. The entire offensive staff has already been put together. You're basically waiting on, uh, you know, three coaches now. Yeah. That's what you're waiting on. we got to get defensive coordinator and then uh, special teams coordinator, a couple position guys. And you never know how they're going to structure the staff. But uh, the staff is already halfway finished. 
your coaches are already out on the road. They're already interviewing with players, spending some time kind of let them know about the offense and kind of cultivating some relationships. And so that's important to understand. Let's take a quick look at the offensive staff. Of course, we projected it went as we projected. Anthony Tucker is your assistant head coach and running backs coach. Also was at Indiana, right? Hmm, that's interesting, right? It's a guy through the, with the Oklahoma background. Cody Kennedy, your offensive line coach, uh, recently at the University of Arkansas. In 2021, he was a Brawls finalist or semifinalist, which is uh, you know, the award given to the best assistant coach in college football. Last year, that offensive line was uh, not good. Not good. I don't know that you can judge any coach based on a one-snapshot season of his career, but Cody Kennedy is very familiar with this scheme and has worked with Jeff Levy before. John Cooper, uh, by way of North Texas, Going to be coaching the tight ends, but uh, also has an offensive line background. Also, ties to Oklahoma. Uh, Matt Holchak, uh, from the very first day that we began to think Jeff Levy was the guy, had multiple people in the college football world said, well, he'll bring Matt Holchak too. Don't know if he's going to be on the field or off the field, but Holchak is Levy's guy. Holchak, of course, was a guy that um, – Worked at Ole Miss, worked at Oklahoma. And uh, I understand that, uh, you know, the first year he was there, that Lane Kiffin wasn't sure what to make of him. But the second year that uh, he really, really liked Matt, wanted to keep Matt. And even though Lebby left to go to Oklahoma, that Ole Miss made an effort to keep uh, Matt in Oxford. And now he's in Starkville. Chad Bumpus, of course, retained. No surprise, we discussed that at length last week. Chad, of course, has been going out with uh, Jeff Lebby this week. Uh, and doing the in-home visits together. Dave Turner went up to Hutchinson uh, to watch East Mississippi win a playoff game. And now they're going to play for a NAFL championship on the 13th. How cool is that? A week from Wednesday. Uh, Marcus Ross, a linebacker that leads the Lions in tackles, received an offer from Mississippi State shortly after that game. So that's where it stands right now. now you've got six assistant coaches. You can have ten. So we have four we're waiting on. Uh, could be a D.C. and an outside backers coach. Could be a D.C. and a secondary coach. Could be a special teams coordinator. We just don't know. It's a new staff. We don't know how they're going to structure the staff. But uh, we, are, we continue to work through our sources. And uh, we weren't surprised by any of the offensive hires. I suspect we will be on the defensive side because things have been so incredibly quiet. I was told on Friday to expect an announcement today that could go tomorrow. Uh, but... We wanted to get through the weekend. And so if we're getting through the weekend, what does that tell me? Well, that tells me that those guys are probably working somewhere. Uh, so that's a big aspect of it as well. Let's talk a little recruiting. Big news in the transfer portal is Oklahoma starter Dylan Gabriel goes into the transfer portal. Now, you may not know this. Dylan Gabriel is a Jeff Levy guy. Left Central Florida after three seasons. Uh, was there with Jeff for a year. And then rejoined Coach Levy in Oklahoma after initially committing to UCLA out of Central Florida. He's had some good uh, years with Jeff. This has been rumored for a while that he was going to go in the portal. He is. A lot of people are questioning the move. 
I'm told he is a Jeff Levy guy, not an Oklahoma guy. That was the drawing card to Oklahoma was Jeff Levy. Now, there is some confidence on the Oregon side. Even some USC people are saying, hey, we hear he's coming here because of connections to Lincoln Riley. Uh, I don't believe the Riley relationship is what it is with Jeff Levy. Crazier things have happened. But Mississippi State head coach Jeff Levy has told several recruits we have a big-time quarterback coming in. And now Dylan Gabriel's in the portal, and uh, some people are starting to connect those dots. Now we'll see. I've also been told that Mississippi State's going to host another transfer quarter, quarterback portal prospect this weekend. Uh, going to confirm with the player before we release the name. But uh, you're going to see, barring something totally unforeseen, a Power 5 quarterback transfer to Mississippi State this year that is um, – equipped to run the Jeff Levy offense. That's a huge part of this. Uh, I'm not ready to, to log a crystal ball forecast in favor of Mississippi State for Dylan Gabriel, but I will admit I am very intrigued by that possibility. Had a chance yesterday to speak to former Ole Miss wide receiver commitment, San Frisco McGee. Now, I have been a San Frisco McGee fan since the beginning. I forecasted him to commit to Mississippi State, and then he, out of the blue, commits to Ole Miss. And uh, I've learned a lot about how all that has taken place. He is now decommitted from Ole Miss, expected to visit Mississippi State this weekend, and then in turn he will uh, likely make an announcement soon thereafter. San Francisco McGee was one of the highlights of the big dog camp. He was absolutely phenomenal. This is a guy that's got great body control. He has the ability to elevate. You play him outside at X, you can throw the back shoulder throw to him. And he is a guy that I think has the ability to play some as a freshman. Big time player. Stonka Burnside is going to announce his decision January 3rd. Now, we expect him to sign with his school of choice in the December signing period, and they will just simply hold the announcement until he makes his announcement at the Under Armour game. We've done that recently with Deontay Anderson, who was part of the All-American Bowl. Uh, He signed with us in December, and we kept telling everybody, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. We had his paperwork in, and we just let him have his moment and announce at a national All-Star game. That hadn't happened very often in favor of Mississippi State. We expect Stonka Burnside uh, to pick Mississippi State. I think a lot of it's got to do with offense, Right. Jeff Levy's going to bring a very wide receiver-friendly offense to Starkville. J.J. Harrell and Stonka are among their best friends of each other. Chad Bumpus has never given up on Stonka Burnside, continues to recruit him. Uh, We didn't get our feelings hurt when he decommitted. That happens sometimes. Egos get involved, but uh, we do expect that to go our way. Had a chance to speak to offensive lineman Samir Camacho out of Houston, Texas, a product of South Falls High School. He has a long-standing relationship with new Bulldog tight end coach John Cooper. North Texas was the first school to offer Camacho a scholarship. Well, John Cooper was the driving force behind that. Camacho tells me uh, he doesn't have a recruiting relationship more significant than John Cooper, and he trusts Coach Cooper. Could be a nice get. And, of course, uh, uh, Kassan Shepard opens up his recruitment yesterday. Uh, wish him the best. I'll be honest with you. I never felt he was an SEC player. 
I don't think he gets an SEC offer when it's all said and done. I think he's a guy that could end up at Memphis or Southern Miss or Western Kentucky, somewhere in the G5. I think that's where he belongs. And I think had he signed with Mississippi State, could be a situation where um, he's in the portal. I just don't know that he can play at this level. Big physical athletic guy, but uh, maybe not on par with what we want to run here. Caleb Dozier has also decommitted from Mississippi State. I understand this one. I love the kid, and I love his dad. I think they're a great family, and I hate it for him because he's loved Mississippi State and remained uh, loyal to us throughout this. But after going to watch him play in person, I wasn't sure where he fit. It's like, okay, well, yeah, he could be a linebacker. Well, we've got to go out and get some older linebackers. And, of course, we've already got uh, you know, Brandon Jennings committed from Hines Community College. Now we're chasing Marcus Ross. Our linebacker allocation for this class – more times than not, it's got to be older guys. we got to go out and get guys that can get on the field right now. And we're on more experienced and better linebackers than Caleb Dozier. There was some discussion about him playing tight end. I don't know that he has the size to play tight end. He's 6'1", 6'2". Uh, but wish him the best. I, I do. I don't think it'll take Caleb long to get snatched up. I don't think it'll be with an SEC team. And that's the thing, too, we've got to think about. We've got to think about our own evaluations. We've got to be critical of our evaluation process. Now, uh, Matt Brock, in my estimation, outside of some in-state kids, has really taken some risk on out-of-state players. And sometimes I wonder if we know the difference between a Washington State player or a Mississippi State player. You've got to be a war daddy to play in this league. And I think we some of our linebacker takes with Matt Brock as our linebacker coach have been um, questionable. And now we're in a situation where uh, we're having to, to think about life without Bookie Watson and Jad Johnson. And there is a reason they played so many snaps. It's because there wasn't a ton of depth behind them. I think Avery Sledge is going to be a good player for Mississippi State. Uh, there are a few other guys out there we've taken in-state that we need them to kind of take root this year and move forward. But I think Caleb Dozier is, is really – maybe collateral damage to some other takes that we've taken that hadn't panned out. And so as a result, you've got to find some stopgap guys and there's only so many scholarship spots to use. And you're going to go out and probably get guys that fit more of what you're looking for at tight end. And you're going to get more experienced linebackers. And so you hate it. It's a difficult part of things. Uh, but I do wish Caleb the best. Now, do we make any other adjustments? That kind of remains to be seen. Uh, but we've got to go portal heavy. And when you look at our schedule and, and the condition that our roster is in, you should expect State to be very bullish in the transfer market. We've got to go out and get some offensive linemen. Uh, we've got some high school guys lined up. I like the high school guys we have, and I think Camacho would be a great re replacement for uh, Kassan Shepard. But we've got to go out and get some guys that can play right away. Uh, spoke to Cade Bennett last night, a transfer from San Diego State. He is scheduled to visit Mississippi State before he makes a decision. That's a big part of things, too, right? We got to go out and get some guys. Uh, the guy was an Outland Trophy watch list guy at San Diego State. But when you think about our losses, I mean, if you get LaSoya back, you feel a little bit better about things. But can you find somebody of comparable ability with more eligibility remaining? Well, Cade Bennett has two years left to play. And so if you're making the trade there, 
you have Cade Bennett for two years where Lasoya just has the one. Not that we don't want Lasoya back, but my point is, is that that roster allocation could go to a player that has multiple years of eligibility remaining that makes us better immediately and it gives us some cohesiveness uh, running into 2025. That's a big part of this. John Cooper has a relationship with the uh, former offensive line coach at San Diego State. So uh, you can read those articles in their entirety over at jeanspage.com if you're a VIP member, and you certainly should be. You can get 60% off right now of the annual subscription as uh, Transfer Portal Palooza is now underway. Uh, so we're going to be spend a lot of time talking about potential Transfer Portal prospects. Now, earlier today, uh, our Chris Hummer of 247 Sports has logged the crystal ball forecast for Bulldog quarterback Will Rogers to go to Washington. Now, Michael Penix, of course, uh, will come out and be drafted probably in the first or second round this year. He is a Heisman finalist. So they're looking for an experienced quarterback. And I think that would be a great fit for Will. Of course, Dylan Johnson went up there and had a good experience. Uh, Dylan really won the game for Washington over Oregon, uh, one of the better games he's had despite the fact that he was a little bit beat up. Uh, great game for Dylan. So I won't be surprised if Will ends up there. Initially, we were told, hey, if he doesn't get what he wants out of the portal, he'll head to Southern Miss or Western Kentucky. That could always happen. But I think Will Rogers has a chance to, uh, to go improve his draft stock. And I don't think that he is a surefire pro prospect, but I think he is a guy that somebody can take a little bit later. And I think Will's got to get out there and prove that he's not a product of the system. And this year didn't do much to support that contention. But I think Will, if he goes to Washington, as Chris Hummer expects, uh, could be a good situation for Will. Uh, but you know, we'll see how things progress. Now, Deion Smith is a name that you guys should know well. Former Provine High School wide receiver, committed to Mississippi State, flipped to LSU, went to LSU, entered the portal, and there was all this issue about financial aid because when you go into portal, the university no longer has to uh, provide you any type of aid. A lot of people don't know that. Then he ends up at East Mississippi, then at Holmes Community College. So Dion is well-traveled and uh, is expected to take an official visit to Mississippi State this weekend. Now, a lot of people forecast that he is going to end up at Ole Miss. That may be the case. A lot of connections there to Shea Hodge. But I can also tell you that uh, he is going to take the visit this weekend, or he's expected to. And uh, I would never count out Chad Bumpus for anybody. I mean, Chad Bumpus knows what it means to wear this uniform, what it takes to compete in the Southeastern Conference. And Chad, in many respects, with a new lease on life now with Jeff Levy's offense, I think that lends itself more uh, to the kind of coach and kind of player that Chad Bumpus is and was. So I think this is a good thing. I'm glad that Jeff is spending some time with Chad to kind of talk an offensive philosophy as they travel from school to school and just kind of getting up to speed on what you want to run. And Chad's an extremely intelligent guy. Uh, and a relentless recruiter. And we talk about winning in-state. Right now, state's only got a half dozen in-state commitments, and we expect to add some more. And there are some other in-state targets from early in this process that now that Levy and a new staff are here, we're taking another swing at. I don't know how successful they'll be, but if you get one, you get some juice, right? Uh, one of the big names is Conan Daniels, West Point running back that won the state championship again. This past weekend could be the last ball game ever for Chris Chambliss at West Point. What a great career Chris has had. McConnell Daniels has been committed to Florida for a long time. We expected him to be a Bulldog early in this process. And then Florida uh, kind of turned his head a little bit. But this, again, when you start thinking about NIL and things of that nature, this is where it factors in. And you got to protect the Golden Triangle. you got to protect the home state. So I expect State to make things a little more interesting with KD. 
Can they flip him? I'm not ready to call that. But I know that Billy Napier is going to be coaching for his job next year, and Jeff Levy is going to be starting his. And so when you begin to think about that aspect of it, if he goes to Florida and Napier and those guys get fired and they bring in a different uh, offensive philosophy in, how do you fit with that? How do you mesh with that? Are you in the portal next year? You know, who knows? Uh, but uh, Mississippi State still on him. State also taking another swing at William Eccles out of Houston. Uh, the previous staff saw him as an offensive lineman. I understand now they're willing to give him a shake on defensive line. Uh, Eccles obviously has some family connections to Ole Miss, which is one of the reasons that he committed there. But he also wants to play defensive line. He was also named the 5A Defensive Player of the Year over the weekend. Uh, so it's going to be an exciting time. you got portal exits. You're going to have portal entrance. And, of course, the guys from the portal don't sign a national letter of intent in December. They just simply enroll for the spring semester. So that is something that we'll watch and monitor as we get into January. But right now our focus is uh, getting guys on campus for official visits, and State will host visitors for the next three weekends. And what's interesting, too, uh, this weekend you're bringing in most of your commitments, so they'll be around, uh, you know, Deion Smith and others. Uh, next weekend is Mississippi Alabama All Star Game, and uh, you got a handful of guys that uh, won't be available to visit that weekend. So you get them in this weekend. They go to Miss Al practices next week. They help you recruit. And I think it's smart to get those guys in now because you can give them the talking points, right? They're going to be with the best players in the state, including Conan Daniels and William Eccles, next week, all week. So you get your guys in this week. They're fresh off the visit. They're excited. There is enthusiasm, so they're selling Mississippi State to other Mississippi State recruiting targets just after spending a weekend on campus. I think that's smart recruiting. Next week, it's Miss Al game. Leaves you one weekend. Of course, you can always take a midweek. It's just not quite the same. So there's not going to be a ton of official visits in December. Uh, not, not a lot of weekends available. Uh, we're going to have guys on campus every weekend. But my point is, with the in-state guys you're chasing, they're going to have one less weekend to visit. Now, you talk about these junior college players at East Mississippi. You know, Tyler Woodard is a guy that got offered by Alabama and continues to add some offers. Uh, Tyler Woodard and Ashawn Shepard, along with Marcus Ross, who now holds a new Mississippi State offer, they're going to not visit anywhere this weekend. They were initially scheduled to visit State. Next week, they're going to play on the 13th, right? So you start working through this. So no visit this weekend, and then they play next weekend. So that's another weekend they can't visit. So they're going to have the opportunity to take uh, one visit, I guess, maybe two. Uh, so you limited their options in many respects. And a lot of those guys have been on game day visits. Marcus Ross has not had an opportunity to get here, but uh, is expected to visit Mississippi State with Sean and Tyler uh, when they come in for their visits. And that's an important aspect of all this because uh, yeah, I'm sure Buddy Stevens doesn't want his guys out this weekend uh, going to take visits. I don't know that anybody would be agreeable to that because they're getting ready to play for a NIFL championship. And congratulations to everybody at Scuba Tech. Uh, very, very, very important. And, and you remember when Buddy and those guys are rolling really hard with Last Chance U, uh, after all that faded and they changed university presidents down there or, or college presidents, people are like, well, they'll never be the same. And then here you are again. Uh, Buddy Stevens and the Lions upsetting the number one team in the country, Hutch Hutchinson out of Kansas, in their own backyard and will now play on Wednesday for an NFL title. Next Wednesday, excuse me. So 
you kind of understand how all this stuff works, but uh, we're going to have wall-to-wall coverage. Matter of fact, we'll have an, uh, an interview with Dion Smith up here a little bit later in the day. Uh, should have it up before lunch. And uh, you can read what he's got to say about Mississippi State. Um, and so that's the thing now, offensive skill, offensive lineman. And you look at what we've lost at linebacker and defensive line, you can understand this needs to be an older class, whether that be junior college or portal guys. And in, in junior college recruiting is not the animal it used to be because people were just primarily using the portal. Bulldogs are using both. And uh, we'll see how that works, right? And we're out there competing with some pretty big-time schools, too. It's not just Mississippi State, you know, beating up on G5 schools. Uh, you've got some, you know, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and others recruiting junior college players, including uh, Sean Washington, who also is at East Mississippi Community College. Uh, he's also was expected to visit Mississippi State this weekend. That visit will be rescheduled. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of how this thing shakes loose now with all this uh, visit weekends expected. And so we're excited to bring it to you. Uh, we're excited to share with you the latest on the recruiting trail. And again, you know, new offers are out there. And uh, we've already been able to get a hold of those guys. You know, Samir Camacho, uh, the most recent high school offer for the new Mississippi State staff. And, of course, Marcus Ross offered on Saturday. Uh, Cade Bennett offered last week. And so, you know, we're, we're catching up with these guys and giving you, uh, you know, their thoughts about Mississippi State and a potential college football future in maroon and white. So uh, no better place to find out the latest information over at Mississippi State. So, uh, now we kind of push through, and hopefully we can remove as a topic of conversation uh, the rest of the defensive staff. And again, one of the things that I would kind of caution people about, it's been a week, and people are freaking out, and uh, you got to understand, you know, Jeff Lebig and those guys are still out there recruiting these guys. Nobody's making a decision today. We still have some time uh, to kind of get things settled, and so it's important to kind of understand that. I also want to thank everybody that has reached out that has already read When the Bottom Falls. It's always so amazing to me. You spend you know months writing a book and editing a book and going through production, and people read it in a weekend. I've been told the new book is a very uh, quick read, but with some very heavy material. Uh, I have shared a few reviews on social media and uh, probably could have shared 10 times as many, but I like to protect people too. I always ask people's permission before I use their review. Because uh, some people include some of their own personal struggles with alcoholism or chemical dependency. And so I don't want to break anybody's anonymity. But uh, you can order the book at winthebottomfalls.com. And, uh, you know, we expect uh, it to be on the Mississippi bestseller list uh, very soon. It's uh, pretty remarkable. It really is. And, um, you know, there's still it's limited release. And, you know, we'll, we'll, it'll, it'll get out. But the best place to get it is from the website. If you're in town, you can go to Campus Bookmart or go to Bookmart and Cafe. They carry all six of my books. Also got the uh, book signing at Lemuria uh, coming up on, uh, I guess that's, let me double check that. But I believe that's going to be Friday the 15th. As I'm scrolling through this long list of text messages, I guess I could always just use the search function, right, Steve? How great is that? How great is that to be able to, uh, yeah, Lemuria, Friday, December 15th at noon. So I'll be there. So they'll be carrying the book at Lemuria too. And I uh, look forward to seeing you central Mississippi folks there. And here's the thing too. When it comes to matters of recovery, I don't care who you cheer for in the Egg Bowl. Of course, you know, I want, if, if you cheer for the team opposite Mississippi State, I hope that you lose every game. But it doesn't change how I feel about you as a person. And uh, I've had um, 
some pretty remarkable response from some Ole Miss fans over the years about recovery. And um, we can compartmentalize all of that, right? We can say, you know what, hey, we may disagree about college athletics, but we can all agree that life is precious and that uh, we need to come together as people, as citizens of the world, to help each other combat these issues. And so uh, I have had uh, probably one of the most profound emails that I've gotten over the years. Uh, When I first wrote my story years ago, about 10 years ago, and kind of broke my own anonymity. It's a story called uh, All I Am, I think is what we called it. But I wrote it for my wife on Valentine's Day as a gift to her and uh, really about the impact that she made in my life uh, to make me want better for myself. And uh, I had this guy, this Ole Miss guy, send me probably three pages long. And basically the crux of the email was this, is, you know what, Steve, I've never liked you, which is typically how those uh, emails go, because it's funny, Yancey Porter and I used to talk about this, Typically, when Mississippi State fans got negative news about Mississippi State from recruiting that came from Yancey, and the same thing for Ole Miss people. You know, if it's bad news on recruiting, the more times it comes from me. So it taints people's uh, opinion of you. But uh, he said, hey, after reading this story, I understand my daughter better. And uh, he had a daughter that had been uh, into recovery and been to rehab and things like that. And he goes, hey, thanks for writing this. It gives me a new perspective. And uh, the last I'd heard from him, two or three years ago, that she was doing fine and had put together multiple years of recovery. And that's not got anything to do with me, but it's just the fact that this is a shared experience. And so I wrote that book with all of that in mind. It's like, what can I share? If if it was my deathbed confessional, right? What what are the the items about recovery that I would want to share for posterity's sake? And that was kind of the, the part of the book. And it's not, you don't have to be in recovery to enjoy the book. It's an underdog story. A lot of South Mississippi stuff in there. A lot of stuff in there that uh, I don't think that people uh, maybe were expecting from me. But what a long, strange trip it's been, right? Uh, you can get the, all my sports books there, too. Also, that same URL, whenthebottomfalls.com. As I've said many times, I think every smart aleck old Miss brother-in-law deserves Flim Flam. And every Bulldog fan needs a copy of Dog Pile. So you can pick those up uh, from there. Stark Villains gear, always available at starkvillains.com. T-shirts, hoodies, I had people, somebody hit me up just over the weekend. Where can I get a Stark Villain hoodie? Well, go to StarkVillains.com. Uh, they'll get you taken care of. Jason and those folks do a great job for us. And uh, I've been selling these shirts and hoodies for a long time now. And I appreciate so much of you, so many of you, uh, for supporting me and uh, repping the brand. Uh, it's going to be a busy week in many respects on the football front as we get uh, closer to naming these final hires, but also to Tons of recruiting information as uh, the first big official visit weekend is here. And so much going on in the transfer portal. Uh, again, you're going to have some Bulldog players leave, and you're going to have some players of interest that entered the portal that Mississippi State's going to recruit. And uh, we're going to do our best. Our, our nice group of national experts, Matt Zenitz, Chris Hummer, so many others, uh, that help provide us great information over 247 Sports. And, and it's so interesting, too. Ten years ago, I would have never thought that I'd be working for 247. Uh, never thought Scout would ever uh, have an issue, but I tell you, it's been one of the best things that's ever happened to us. We're having a record year. It's already been a record year, and we still have a month to go. Think about that for a second. We've already surpassed the biggest year in our history through 11 months, and uh, it's been incredible. And, and I'll be honest with you, last December, you know, everybody in the country was coming to our website to give information on Mike Leach. And uh, I, I said, you know what? 
it's kind of a uh, you know, parting gift from Mike, I guess. You know, we had that huge December, and I said, you know, we'll never do that again. And, and we beat it. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And it's really more about you guys. And uh, so many of you have said, you know, Steve, if I don't, I don't believe it, I'll hear it from you. Well, there's some credible people out there reporting some good things, right? But I do appreciate the endorsement. But uh, it has been an incredible year at jeanspage.com, the biggest year in our history. Our subscribership has never been bigger. Our revenue, profits, everything, better than ever. And uh, I don't know that I expected that. And uh, so I thank all of you. Our numbers for the Boneyard have been great this year, too. And so we, as we get ready to kind of push in, it's three weeks away from Christmas. I've got a lot to be grateful for this year. I've been a really good boy. But I'm eager to get through this December signing period and be able to take a little time off. I feel like that we have been drinking from a fire hose uh, really for over a year now. That's how it feels to me. And uh, I'm looking forward, of course, to uh, you know, opening our new business. And that will happen at some point this month. Uh, That's the True Rest franchise float therapy spa and we're actually got a little thing now we got a giveaway going on and go to facebook page uh true rest starkville and you can get all the details and you can also buy a gift card there that's a nice christmas gift and it's a bogo buy one get one free how about that but we're also giving away some floats too just by kind of doing there's a couple things she's got set up so go to true rest starkville on facebook and learn all about the giveaways and the buy one get one because i guarantee you there's somebody in your family that would love to try it and I'm going to tell you, it's a game changer. I can't wait to float again just because it helps me relax, like mentally allows me to reset. And as I told you, I feel like we have just been absolutely chasing our tail for about 13 months now. There have been so many things that have happened. And, uh, you know, covering college athletics is a year-round enterprise. But I tell you, it has been a very interesting year. And my hope is with Jeff Levy coming aboard – uh, Zach Selman kind of getting settled in now that we can kind of find a good groove and be competitive in all courts and fields of play and just kind of push this thing forward instead of constantly having change, 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 change. I, I'm very adverse to change. Um, and I think it's important to understand a great athletics department has to make changes when they're necessary. And I think that's what we've done. But for the first time in a long time, it feels like since Jeff Levy has been hired, it feels like we can kind of settle in and say, okay, this is a guy that's going to be here for a little while. You know, we can kind of settle in and, and understand that his body of work kind of lends itself to that way of thinking and think, you know what, Levy's going to be here for a little bit. And uh, it's time for us to kind of all get behind it. And uh, thanks to everybody that contributed to the million-dollar match, the Bulldog Initiative. You can still set up monthly dispersals. You can still be a part of Bulldog Initiative, and we encourage that as always. It's a necessary part of college athletics. It certainly is. That's going to do it for today, man. We'll be back on Wednesday with a fresh top 10. And you never know, man, who's going to be in the portal, who's going to be out of the portal. And uh, hopefully at that time we're breaking down your new coaching staff. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.